You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, an interview series with the world's most inspiring women in business. These are honest business conversations over a glass of wine to help you shortcut your success in business. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, three times founder, huge wine enthusiast and always willing to share all of the gory business details to help you grow your business no matter what that looks like to you. If you want more spark in your business, check out our membership Spark365 for daily business growth tips at sparkfoundersprogram.com. And a huge shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. Sam, welcome to Spark TV. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Very excited to be here. I can't wait to share your story. So let's dive straight in and tell everyone who you are and what you do. Okay, awesome. Uh, My name is Sam Samantha Trahan and I'm the owner and founder of Chuff Skates. So we're an Australian roller skating brand. So we sell roller skates essentially. That's um, yeah, that's what we do. This is so cool. How did you get into selling roller skates? (laughs) Uh, I guess it's kind of a long story and not at the same time. I've worked in roller skating throughout different stages of my life. So I originally worked at the National Sporting Body of Skate Sports when I was a lot younger in admin. And I've roller skated myself for many, many, many years. Um, I've coached roller skating. And then I... In my other life, I did a doctorate in creative arts and I finished my degree and I was like, all right, what am I going to do now with my life? And so I'd thought about starting a skate brand for a long time. And then just before COVID hit, when I graduated, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And so, yeah, that's how it started. I guess I just one day decided to take the plunge and try business of all things so yeah (laughs) that's just like that (laughs) yeah yeah, just start a business yeah oh that's so cool so what kind of products like yeah give me a rundown on products sure so mostly we do quad skates so for people who don't know skating like you have quad skates which are like the two at the front two at the back and inline skates which are like the four in a row and we do the first so quad skates um and they're kind of like a cool nostalgia um looking skate so mostly like a suede skate with a bit of a heel um a lot of people use them for like recreational skating dancing on skates skating in the skate park and so most of what we do is actual roller skates but we also have accessories and apparel like t-shirts hats all that kind of stuff too so yeah as it's grown so has the product offering but essentially we are a roller skate brand yeah that's so cool what's the process like of actually getting roller skates manufactured (laughs) I'm like feels like a nightmare (laughs) yeah well I mean it's fun if you're into roller skating I guess so when I started I was like all right the perfect roller skate would be something like this and then I had to speak to factories and figure out what was possible to actually do and then kind of work through with a factory um, how to build our skate. And I was fortunate that I've been a roller skater myself for so long and know a lot of roller skaters. So I knew what was good and what was rubbish. And so there was a lot of sampling and prototyping 
um, and then eventually finding a product that I was happy with and then going from there into mass production. So we made our skates originally in China. Um, at the moment, we work with a factory in Cambodia. So Ooh. dealing with that in itself has been such a learning curve of, of manufacturing overseas. Um, and through and, COVID? So you said just yeah, before COVID you made this yeah, decision. So yeah. how, how the hell did you, was it obviously you had to do everything through the post? You couldn't go there? Yes, exactly. So this was mostly like um, through FaceTime meetings and, and email and and video and all of that stuff. So I've still not been to our factory in person, wow. which is pretty crazy. Uh, but fortunately, somehow in the beginning, we got our first order just before COVID got really crazy. So I had at least a little um, bit of time of things flowing smoothly before the mm. logistics nightmare of COVID happened. So yeah. <laughs> that is a freaking blessing. Yeah. It, um, yeah. And I mean, it's really interesting though. I love that you have done it remotely because I feel like sometimes, you know, people have great ideas on things that they would love to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to physical products, I feel like there's such a, um, you know, there's not really a blueprint as to where to find a factory, like how mm-hmm. to, you know, communicate exactly what you want like sending samples receiving samples Mm -hmm. so the fact that you are a you know the poster child for doing it virtually you know should serve as some inspiration to people who are wanting to go down that path absolutely you have you said there were lots of learnings any like key tips for people who are just getting started in manufacturing their own product for sure. I guess you have to really know what you want and and be pretty stern about not making too many compromises. Um, you know, sometimes factories have their own ideas about how things should be and sometimes that can be really different to what you think you want. And if you know what your idea of quality is, then you just have to really stick to your guns, I think. I've worked with a few factories now and I'm super happy with the one that we're working with at the current moment, but there has been times where I've had to be like, no, it has to be like this. Mm -hmm. And that can be so hard, especially when you don't really have a background in doing that. You question whether it's possible to do it the way you want to do it. And sometimes, sometimes things aren't possible, but you shouldn't just accept straight away that that's the case, I guess. Like you have to go through that process of trying and maybe sometimes failing and then trying again. And then, and just at the end of the day, you just want to be happy with the product that you have, I guess. Mm. So um, that can be hard and yeah, sometimes it doesn't work perfectly, but you can, you know, always improve and, and find other people to work with if, you, if your current factory is not perfect there's probably another one and um yeah from my experience anyway I would say you will find one that is a good fit and yeah yeah how long was the process so once you had the idea to go into business and you started prototyping how long was it from that first I want to do this to I can sell this pair of skates um it it's sort of in the very beginning, it was quite slow. So it was like a bit of back and forward and then, you know, not being 
quite sure of whether I was really going to do it or not. And so, you know, probably the first conversations with factories was, you know, a couple of years before it really happened. But when it really started getting underway, it was probably six to 12 months, like of, yeah. of back and forth and like being serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No, and because it's always interesting, I think, like, you know, we do live in a in an age where people are creating digital products in a weekend and, exactly. and throwing them up. And I feel like with physical products, you've kind of got to reset your expectations a little bit in terms of yeah. timeline and cost <laughs> potentially <laughs> as well. Yes. I think one of, one of the big barriers usually people who are doing physical products say to me is the um, the overhead of actually purchasing the stock. Yeah. So one thing I will say about that is um, I've never had any investors. And in the beginning, I never had any loans. So I had a bit of savings, but I actually did like once I had a product that I was happy with, I did a pre-sale and that nearly paid for everything, which I was amazed about. I was so fortunate that other people wanted this product, I guess, but it gave me confidence in knowing that it could work. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would probably say to people as well that maybe not having, you know, a big loan or something upfront is a good thing. And if you can do it through like pre-sale or just smaller quantities, it lets you test it a bit because I was always very scared of, of, I guess, getting in over my head. So, yeah. I love that advice. I am such a big supporter of sell it first, even mm-hmm. if it's a digital product. So obviously we're talking about physical product where there's that overhead and that capital outlay to purchase the stock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I even say that with digital products, like if you've got an idea for a course or you've got a, you want to sell a particular service, like create a landing page and try and sell it to someone first mm-hmm. before you invest all of this time, all of this energy, all of this money into something. And you're like, oh, no one wanted that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with a physical product, you can't really afford that. Like you don't want to end up with hundreds or thousands of something that you can't sell. So um, yeah, I think that's super important if it's a physical physical product more than any other product. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. So is this your first business? Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's, um, you know, I don't even know how it, like, I guess I knew I was starting a business when I started, but I was thinking in my mind that it might be, you know, a bit of a side hustle type thing. And I, wasn't really a business minded or business trained person. So um, I still am surprised sometimes people are like, oh, you you own a business. And I'm like, oh, yes, I do. Um, but, um, yeah, it wasn't exactly planned to, to go the way that it did, I suppose. How did you feel going from, I guess, employee to business owner? So if it wasn't sort of planned, how when you sort of started falling into it a little bit and and going, oh my God, I'm going all in here. You know, how did that process work for you? What were the learnings? How did you feel? Mm -hmm. So I went from doing a doctorate and freelancing, doing like writing, copywriting and creative writing and all kinds of writing on the side. So I already wasn't like a full-time employee of a company as such, but I also wasn't, you know, just solely focused on a business. So it was a 
a lot pretty quickly. So because sales went so well, which was awesome, I ended up working full time for the business much faster than I would have thought I would. Mm. And I was needing to do all kinds of things that I really had no idea how to do. So I had to learn a lot really fast. And I had a, a an accountant who also does, um, you know, business mentoring and advising stuff who pretty quickly told me that I could not wear all of the hats of the business and not good advice. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, how is anyone else going to take what's in my brain and then do it? And it took me probably, you know, over a year to start to delegate tasks and have people help me. And I loved it. Like I was like, really enjoying it, but I was also burning out pretty fast. So um, I was just, you know, well over my head in the amount of work I was trying to do. So yeah, learning to, uh, I guess, train other people to help you and, and mm. um, you know, accept help was that made the second year of the business so much better than the first year in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find that process of getting the things out of your head into the head of somebody else? Because that's something I really struggle with. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. I still struggle with it. And I think what it was more more so than that was, I guess, looking at the things that maybe other people are really good at and then just, like, letting them have a bit of ownership in that role. Like, while still, like, having input um, for example, I had someone come in to help me with like branding and marketing, social media stuff. And I guess like while I still had input into it, they also had really awesome ideas that I probably didn't have. Mm. And so once there's like the right people, I guess it kind of evolves in its own way. And I didn't have to, I guess, tell them exactly what to do all the time. Mm. Um, but there has also been you know other times where it's like yeah there's still things that I I feel in my own mind that like I can't explain and I have to do but then it's finding the things that I don't have to do that someone else can do so that I can focus on those things and it's still a process yeah for sure yeah, I'm currently looking at this giant to-do list going, what stuff on here do I not have to do? I know, it's and, so but hard. it's so hard. <laughs> it really is. And I don't know about you, but at the moment for me, because the economy is a lot harder this year, mm. I've had to bring a lot of stuff back in that I now yeah. have to do again. And yeah, my to-do list is definitely a little bit out of hand. And then it becomes a bit more of a, like, how do I streamline these tasks a little better which I'm now in the process of learning how to do as well yeah yeah and it's so funny because I um I follow a few people like business coaches and people online and this one woman in particular who talks about systems and processes and you know operational elegance and I'm like my operations are any are very far from elegant (laughs) But it does always make me think, you know, how important those systems and processes are. But I feel like when you take them on yourself, you're kind of just winging it a little bit. Like you're kind of going a bit more by gut feel like I know this works. I know how to do it. Like, you know, I think it changes when it's you doing the task versus getting somebody else to do the task. Yeah, for Mm. sure. Definitely. 
So good. Any big challenges that have cropped up for you along the journey? Mm, A lot, for sure. So the first really big challenge was kind of throughout COVID where getting stuff to Australia was just so hard. So we had like massive Mm. shipping delays and, and having to deal with logistics I guess that was really hard um at the time it was very stressful and then at a certain point I had to just be like well nothing I do. <laughs> yeah and now when there's a delay I'm just like oh well whatever I've seen worse <laughs> yeah you know like of course there is there always is so I guess what seemed really bad then now doesn't seem that bad most people were actually kind of fine to wait um Mm -hmm. and we're not that stressed but I think this year like the second half of this year especially just with how the economy is now um people don't have as much money money to spend on you know recreational stuff so Mm -hmm. sales are lower and I like we're still getting through it but just seems now that we have to work kind of twice as hard for the result and that from for someone like me who hasn't had a really long business background of things being up and down Mm. now that we're a little bit down it just feels like such a slog sometimes um but I know there's so many people in the same position so I'm realistic about the reasons why but it just does feel like harder work for sure and that's an interesting thought so when it comes to marketing Mm -hmm. what has worked and what hasn't worked so what how do you focus um yeah the marketing I know you said you know having to work twice as hard now have there been things over the past few years that have worked really well for you in the online space for sure like Social media is our biggest one. Um, Our Instagram, for example, is such a useful way of how we connect to customers. And and for roller skating, it's just really big in that online space. So we have been able to connect really authentically with our audience in social media. So that's always been kind of our core um, marketing channel. And then as things kind of evolved, we went more into paid ads through socials and stuff and, um, you know, email marketing, all that kind of thing. And now we're doing that and it's still very important, but the returns are just a little lower. So your ad spend is higher and, you know, it's just this evolving um thing. It's like a juggling act a bit. It is a hundred percent. And then I've, I've tried to be a little more creative this year in doing more kind of face-to-face events and stuff, which has been really good as well. Um, But it's just, you know, having to constantly pivot in the marketing space and being like, well, you know, this isn't working. What else can we do? And um, it can be a little tiring, I guess, to be like, oh, now we have to think of something new and something else new and something else new and Yeah, it's just part of what it is, I suppose, but yeah. Yeah, and look, I think you're right. It's really interesting. Um, 
like reflecting on some clients of mine because we have Scrunch, which is the digital agency, and then the marketing we do for Spark. And I kind of feel that way at the moment as well. I'm like, okay, what is every possible thing that we could do? And Mm. you're right. It does, like, you're kind of looking at this list going, what else can I possibly do? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, the the ad that I would have thought would have done really well 12 months ago is not performing the same way now. And it's like, okay, like, is it? Is it the creative? Is it the captions? Is it the, are we doing something wrong or are people just not into buying stuff, you know? And, um, yeah, it's pretty constant analysis and reflection and and wondering. But, like, we're now coming into sort of the end of the year with Black Friday and Christmas and all that stuff. So I'm very interested to see how that goes and whether that's going to be really different as well and and then just assess it from there I suppose yeah any big plans for the Black Friday weekend well we're having a sale but um in our first two two years really we didn't we didn't have Black Friday sales I feel like I was so like what is Black Friday why are we doing this? And then I realized that it seems now very much like for an online retail business, it seems very much like you just got to get on board because it's going to happen whether you like it or not. So we are doing a a sale um, and hopefully it goes well. And yeah, we're just going to clear some stock that we have and and discount some stuff a little. And and also it's good for the consumer because I really do feel for people at the moment, stuff is so expensive. And so I understand more than ever before why people would be waiting for a sale because everything is so expensive. So hopefully it gets more people into skating and that brings them a little bit of like joy over the summer and yeah, like it's, it's, we're kind of all in it together in this kind of like really difficult economy. So I feel like we kind of have to do it. Yeah. I love that so much. And, and I do love, I love that comment around bringing people joy. It's Mm -hmm. so, it is so nice. Right. And I know, I mean, obviously Instagram right now, all like all marketers are talking about is Black Friday and all brands are talking about is Black Friday. And it's kind of, overwhelming but it's nice I actually love the idea of you know buying something that's yes you can get a deal on which is fantastic but is actually going to be something that kind of supports getting out of the house and being active Mm -hmm. and doing something to you know break the routine and get a bit of exercise and I love that idea of of bringing people joy through skating it's awesome Yeah, thanks. We try to keep that front of mind, like even when it is hard, like that's the point, I guess. And, you know, maybe discounting things gets a whole different group of people into it that maybe actually can't afford it at the moment. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's tough for us on the bottom line sometimes when we're primarily generating sales through sales, but it may actually be really great for someone else. So it's like trying to keep that front of mind, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. I I love that we're having this chat today because I um, literally this morning I was like, I need to get out of service work. I just want a product business (laughs) so I don't have to deal with anybody and I can just create something amazing. And then all my time and energy is focused on you know, selling it, marketing it, all the things. But I'm like, I don't think it'll be any easier. <laughs> no, I hate to tell you, I feel like it's all the same stuff. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I just I just think it, it's probably the same kettle of fish no matter where you, where you are at the Damn moment. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, that being said, it, it could be a nice change. If you have a good product, you could still do it for sure. Totally. Not that I need to start another business. That is <laughs> a horrendous idea for me. Mm-hmm. So what's what's next for you? What's on the horizon for 2024? Um, it's an interesting question because I feel like this year I've been, uh, we had such two massive years of growth in the first two years. And then this year has been like really focused on kind of making things sustainable. And then, uh, behind the scenes, I've kind of been working on a few products here in Australia. So like manufacturing a couple of not roller skates, but skate hardware things closer to home. Mm. And that's been so exciting because it's really nice to um, be able to go to a factory and like it's just down the road and like not have to worry about the the shipping costs of getting things here from overseas and obviously from a sustainability kind of factor of like actually having locally made things and and bringing things closer so I really hope those products will be ready pretty early in the new year and I would love to make that a little bit more of a focus for me moving forward um we also did a really cool big event just a couple of weeks ago which was like an invitational roller skating competition and I really loved that and it kind of reminded me how much I like working on events. So I would love to do some more of that as well. Um, Maybe even like taking that to other locations and things like that. So while it's been a pretty hard year, it has been kind of a year of, of like pivoting and finding new ideas as well. So hopefully those new things kind of take their own direction in, in 2024 and, and we see where they go. So good. I love it so much. And you are right. It is interesting when harder times kind of push us a little bit to mm-hmm. find solutions to those problems. And we kind of sometimes try things that we never really would have thought we would try. And if we kind of go, yeah. oh, my Instagram ads are converting really well. Let's just put more money there, <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, so definitely. good. I love it. So let's leave our fabulous Spark community with one final piece of advice. Okay. Reflecting on your time in business over the last few years, what would be a piece of advice that you would pass on to another woman in business? Okay. Um, oh, that's a hard one. I guess like it's... We've got, we've got wine, so you can give yeah, us as advice as you like. <laughs> um. I suppose business, being a woman in business can be so incredibly rewarding. And I've, I've been really lucky in the first couple of years that things just went so well for so long. And it was just like success after success after success. And it was so awesome. Like, I I think um, whoever emailed me told me that you found me through the Telstra Business Awards, which we were nominated for. And there's just been so many wonderful things that have happened and then when things get a little bit harder it's so hard um not to equate those like challenges with failures Mm. and it's like it's like been so difficult to be like oh my gosh like what am I now doing wrong like all these things are so hard now like and it feels like you're failing but really I think only very recently I've kind of come to terms with the fact that um 
sometimes things just are a bit harder and it's not necessarily your fault at all. Like it's just mm-hmm. the the situation and you can be doing your absolute best and sometimes things just are not going to work perfectly. And I think, yeah, that would be the advice is to just not equate your challenges with failures and like just accept them as they are and still find, you know, still see value in what you're doing, I suppose. Yeah. I love that so much. You are so right. It's, it is really hard not to take business personally. Yeah. You know, like it's so, and it's, it's so weird because I think sometimes we can even be objective about and be like, I, I logically know that I'm not a bad person. I haven't failed. My business isn't over. Everything will be okay. But right now I want to cry and I hate everything and I should probably quit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Maybe that's the thing. Don't quit. I suppose it's like, go to sleep on it. Yeah. yeah. Don't quit. Exactly. Exactly. You probably don't have to quit. It probably will be fine. I think, yeah, that's probably the truth for most people. It might be hard, but it's probably still going to be fine. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's so true. Well, Sam, you are incredible. Cheers to you. Thank you so much for coming on Spark TV and sharing your story and your journey and your wisdom. Uh, So grateful for you. Yeah, it's so impressive what you're doing. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you so much for having me. That wraps another episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. I hope there was something in there that you needed today to help you on your business journey. We would absolutely love it if you subscribed and leave a review. This helps the Spark podcast find its way to other amazing women in business. If you want to hang out with us even more, join Spark 365 and you'll have me show up in your inbox every damn day with a business growth tip. Check it out at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. And if no one tells you today, you've got this.